I want to talk to you about hope. Would you say that with me? True hope today. Confusion and storms and stress and fear and anxiety and financial stresses and sickness and disease and pressures and all those things can lead to this thing called hopelessness. And uh, I want to talk to you about hope today because I feel people are battling with this condition hopelessness, which means feeling or state of, of despair. And, and um, I want to share to you about true hope. It's not about kind of wishful thinking on a uh, shiny star, anything like that. I, I want to speak to you about absolute, real, true hope today. Hope today that you can have. Hope is the light within you. Hope speaks to what you can do and who you really are. Hope says there is a way out. Hope says life is ahead. Uh, true hope in a true God who cares about you and knows exactly how you feel, whatever you may be faced with this morning. He knows exactly where you've been, where you're going, and how you feel. Hope says to the wife who, you know, her husband is on the battlefield, it's not just in vain, but he, he's getting off the airplane right now and walking towards you. That's, that's real hope. Hope is the, the, the husband-to-be waiting for his bride-to-be to walk down the aisle so that they can be married. That, that's, that's real hope today. And the problem is with hope, this thing called discouragement tries to sneak in. And it, it is a very sneaky, sneaky emotion that tries to absolutely kick our teeth in. Discouragement whispers, this is it. Discouragement whispers, there is no way out. Man, this is, this is the big one. Discouragement cousins with fear and sticks his heels in and tries to kick you in your soul. I, I tell you, I, I was faced with some serious discouragement and uh, hopelessness at the end of uh, November and the beginning of, of, of December. I battled COVID for about nine to 10 days. And uh, everyone's different, and I don't need to preach about it because all of a sudden you have somebody that has no symptoms, uh, all the way to people who pass on from it. For me, it was a very, very dark, discouraging, sad, lonely, uh, depressed time for me. And I still struggle a little bit even today when I'm in the gym with my lungs and stuff like that. But during that time, I kept thinking of this scripture, and I looked it up. Uh, the way that I was remembering was patience in suffering. Patient in suffering. Patient in suffering. I looked it up. It's Romans 12, 12. And this is what it says. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. And I remember walking whenever I was battling COVID to take my dog for a walk or what have you. And man, I would, I would just declare out loud, God is for me. He is for me. See, when you are struggling with discouragement or depressed or some battle, infirmity, you know, sometimes your mind and your heart will play tricks on you that somehow God is not for you. But that's, that's the walk of faith. The walk of faith is that we turn to the word of God, which is the highest authority in the land, absolute truth. And the word of God in Romans, the Romans, what I call the greater eight, says that God is for you. 
In that same chapter, it says, God works all things for your good. Come on. That's the absolute truth. I remember speaking, by his stripes, I am healed. Jesus was tormented, beat to a pulp 2,000 years ago so that I could be healed. Well, Jael, why did you have COVID? I'm going to tell you right now. I find in sickness and, and disease and things like that, there is great mystery involved. But my heart and my faith says, by his stripes, I am healed. You know what that does for me? That gives me great hope. You see, I don't think there's any human alive that hasn't ever felt like quitting. All of a sudden, you feel like quitting, and you know hope says no. For 400 years between Malachi and Matthew... Between the Old Testament or the Old Covenant and the New Testament, New Covenant, there was silence. And then after 400 years of silence, I want to let you know that hope shows up in a little lady through an angel, and her name was Mary. After 400 years, hope shows up in some wise men. After 400 years, hope shows up in a field to these shepherds. After 400 years, hope shows up in a manger. I want to read this scripture. Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Will you say this word with me, Emmanuel? It's a beautiful word, which is translated God with us. See, this is not your normal baby. This is God baby. He's 100% God and 100% man. God, baby. God, that little baby is Emmanuel, God with us. And he's God with us. And for the believer, he's God for us. And what's so cool about this, Elijah uh, in the video said there was 300 prophecies, over 300 prophecies that was fulfilled. This one was a prophecy all the way back, 740 BC, Isaiah, he prophesied and he says this, he says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, 740 BC. Hope, that hope was coming a, a, a long ways off when it comes to Isaiah, but I'm telling you, it was uh, one of those prophecies that was fulfilled. And then uh, first gathering, I told, told my wife, the little girl, she, she did that beautiful memorization, and I was like, she's, she's kind of using one of my scriptures. No, she's using one of my scriptures, but I want to read it again, because right at the right time, God sent his son, and it says this in Galatians 4. Four through seven, it says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom. How many of you are so blessed that because of Jesus Christ, we have true liberty? If you're not experiencing that, I, I, I got to say something to you. God has more for you. You might have thought freedom and liberty was running with the devil and doing all kinds of crazy stuff in the world. That's not true liberty. That's deception. That's bondage. Believe me, I lived in that for years. And Jesus came to bring us true freedom. And it goes on to say, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that we could, uh, uh, so he could adopt us. 
at his very, as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son in our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Will you say that with me, Abba, Father? Abba. Say it with me one more time, Abba, Father. Abba. That's a beautiful revelation that Jesus brought forth, that we could call God, the God of the universe, the almighty God, the El Shaddai, Abba. Now, I know that it was spoken of in the Old Testament too, but there's no other religion that God is Abba. I remember distinctively talking to Muslims years ago as a youth pastor in a park, and there was like four van loads of these Muslims, and I felt like the Lord told me to go and share them Jesus. And I went up in there, and I said, hey, take me to your leader, and, and they took me to this leader. It, seriously, no joke. It felt like Mars. And they took me to the leader, and he was sitting in the park with a blue tarp over his waist, and older gentleman, and I began to tell him about Jesus and that I have a personal relationship with him. And as soon as I said personal relationship or God Father, he looked at me and he said, that's blasphemy. You see, in every world religion, it's not about relationship. It's about religion. And Jesus came that we may have a relationship with God. Think about that. Think about the point of hope that is that with the God of the universe, he's your father if you're a believer, and you can have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And maybe you've never experienced that. Well, I want to let you know you can experience that today. And it goes on to say, and because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father, now we are no longer slave. I'm, a, I'm no longer a slave, but God's own child. Look at your neighbor right there and say, you're God's own child. Go, go, go tell, tell him, tell him right there. Don't be a dude in here being all like, nah, nah, nah. Tell him, God's own child. And since you're his child, God made, has made you his heir. See, hope, true hope is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And he is really true. Why is Jesus our hope? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, because he saves. He saves. Saves us from what? Saves us from our sins. Well, Jay, I don't have nothing to, to be saved from. Oh, yes, you do. What do I need to be saved from? From your sin. Jay, are you calling me a sinner? Absolutely. Because the Bible calls you a sinner. It says we've all sinned. Me, you, Everybody around you, behind you, we're all in the same boat. We've sinned and fallen short of the short of the glory of God. We sin, and guess what? We're born into sin. As soon as you're born, I was blinded by the devil, born already ruined. Bob Dylan, I was blinded by the devil, born. Let me let me say it so that you can understand. Born already ruined, stone cold dead as I stepped out of the womb. See, you're born into sin. And you choose the sin. So we need a Savior. And that's Jesus Christ. But he's not just Savior, this Emmanuel, this God with us. He's also my helper. He's my shepherd. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my rock, my shield, my fortress, my eternal life. He's my future. That's who he is. And I don't know how people do life without Jesus these days. Well, you really don't. You really don't. Today's a good day to come into relationship with him. The Bible says hope is an anchor. Why would you ever need an anchor? Well, because we go through storms. 
And there's not a person in this room right now that's not going to go through storms. The Bible promises. But you can have an anchor so that when you go through the storms, you don't get beat up by the waves and the, the wind and anything that may hit you. You can be anchored. Come on. Storms will beat you down without mooring to the rock. And Jesus is that rock. Look what it says in Hebrews 6.19. It says, this hope we have as an anchor. Listen, I say that with me. Anchor. Anchor of the soul. I have an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which, and which enters and the presence behind the veil. I have an anchor. Anybody ever been through a storm other than me in this room right now? Raise your hand. You've been through a storm? Don't lie in church. Good, good, good. You can have an anchor. An anchor. So you don't get so beat down that you want to give up. An anchor that you're anchored into the rock. The rock being our hope, Jesus Christ. That's a, that's, a, that's a real anchor. How many of you know that hope doesn't disappoint, the Bible says? Listen to the scripture. It says, Romans 5, 5. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. All of a sudden, in a marriage, the husband's like, I don't feel like I love her anymore. She don't feel like it ain't got nothing to do with your feelings. The love of God has been shed in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You're not love. God is love. You connect with love. And man, that love is a decision. It's a choice. That's why so many marriages, they fall into hopelessness. But you can lean into God and he'll stand up inside you and love through you. Love you and love through you. Doesn't disappoint. Hope doesn't disappoint. You're struggling today with love, to meet others in love, and, 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 and you actually loving others? Well, you lean into love, and that's God. It's not you. And as you lean into him, come on, he loves you, and he's going to teach you how to love. God's plans for you are hopeful. I don't care where you've been, what you've been addicted to, what you've been through. God has hope-filled plans for you. There's not a person in this room that God doesn't have hope-filled plans for you. I'm going to read a scripture that people use all the time. But I want you to feel the situation of what's going on. Turn that phone off because my time ain't up. I'm just teasing. That's fine. That's fine. It, it, it gives me a heads up that I need to keep moving right. Good, good. Listen to this scripture. Everybody ever heard of Je Jeremiah 29, 11? Yes. Used all the time, right? I, I want to read it and talk to you about it just for a minute. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. It's not your mama's plans. It's not your professor's plans. It's not your boss's plans. It's not your wife's plans or your husband's plans. It's what God has. He has plans for you. Now, faith does this. Faith goes, oh, Jail's talking to me right now. That's where faith comes in. Because if you don't, that, that scripture could be for everybody else but you. But faith goes, mm, that's mine, that God has a plan for me. And it goes on to say, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not evil to give you a future and a hope. God has great plans for you. Now, let me tell you the condition this, is, this word is spoken in. This word is spoken in a crazy place. It's spoken in a 
pagan land, Babylon. It's in a hopeless situation, bad situation. The people it's spoken to are in bondage, slavery. False prophets are prophesying wrongly some crazy stuff. And then God, in a hopeless situation, in bondage, what does he do? He brings a word of hope. Listen to me. I know you might be in bondage right now, but I got plans for you. See, you somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. See, that's true. It's not just a cool saying that Kim Clement said. It is absolutely true that God has great plans for you, and you look much better than you do right now. Hope-filled plans. If you're feeling hopeless right now, I'm sure they felt hopeless in that situation. And God drops a word of hope to them right then. He drops a word of hope for you right now, this day. But he has great plans for you. Will you grab that with me today? This from, this, all this comes from, the Bible says, from the God who is the God of hope. He's not a depressing God. He's not a God that wants to keep you in bondage. I walked into a church with all kinds of bondages and walked out a different man. You might be sitting up here right now. You're only here because your wife brought you. You're only here because you came to see your grandchild. I'm going to tell you right now, God is bigger than all that, and he set you up for such a time as this. Because he wants you to be free. He loves you. He's got a great plan for you. The Bible says in Romans 5.13, Now may the, listen, God of hope, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you the key right there with that scripture. If you want to experience the God of hope, if you want to experience joy and peace, it comes through believing. Say that with me, believing. It comes through believing. He has it for you, but as you walk in faith, you'll experience it. We can hope in a true peace. Listen to this scripture. Isaiah, back 740 B.C., Isaiah. Another prophecy fulfilled. It says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Listen to this. The government will be on his shoulders. I don't care who's in for the next four years because my king is the king of America. And listen to me, my king doesn't change. He, never, he doesn't change every four years because you vote him in or vote him out. He's got all by himself. He voted himself in and he's always going to be my king. Now, I'm going to vote, but I can't control what everybody does. But I do know who my king is. And the government rests upon his shoulders, and I'm not part of this kingdom, I'm part of that kingdom. I'm in a pilgrimage. And if you're a believer, you are too. And that's who our hope is in ultimately. I'm gonna tell you what all this other stuff right here will leave you depressed. Leave you like, oh, anxious and like, what's gonna happen? And oh, but I'm gonna look to the rock. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called, listen to him, wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. Look at this. 
Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace. Listen, there is no end. There is no end to his peace. But you got to lean into it. Lean into the shalom. I was just talking to someone this week. And they'd had a few days where they had been kind of struggling and just wasn't kind of centered. And they told me that that morning they had got with God and in their devotions. And I'm like, hey, it makes all the difference in the world to me if I'm with God, if, I'm, if I get in my devotions and spend time with the Father. Because it's not just some peace out there. It ain't, I got news, it ain't hippie peace. Hippie peace never got me any peace anyway. I remember preaching the gospel on the streets, and all of a sudden, hippie peace was peaceful until I mentioned Jesus, and then hippie peace people wasn't very peaceful any longer. So it ain't peace anyway. Peace comes from a person, and his name is Jesus, and he's Jehovah Shalom, our true peace. And there ain't no end to his peace. So I got to lean into that peace every day. And I got to allow that peace to stand up inside of me. And when all the storms are just raising hell around me, I got to go back to that peace. Because he's my true peace. We can hope in a true life. If you're not experienced life and life more abundant right now, I got news for you. J.R., I come to church 30 years and I still don't have life. Listen, God has life for you. He has true life. Listen to this scripture. I love this one because this scripture right here draws a clear line in the sand for me between devil and God. Devil bad, God good. Heaven good, hell bad. Are you feeling me? Deep theology, right? But it's real. And it says this, John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. But look what Jesus said. But I have come that they may have life. Everyone say Zoe. Zoe, I have life. And they may have life more abundant. That, Zoe, that life right there is real life. Absolute fullness of life. Life real and genuine. Active and vigorous. Devoted to God. Blessed. I'm talking about life and life more abundant. And it only comes from one place. Relationship with Jesus. Because he's our hope. And he's our life. And then as a believer, we can have hope, listen, in eternal life. Life here on earth and life in the afterlife. One way to the afterlife. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one gets the Father except through me. He's the door. He's the path. Only one way. His name is Jesus. And it says this, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death wages of sin is death see sin can be deceiving because sin first comes a desire and desire gives birth to sin and sin when full grown brings forth death so you can live in sin for a season and guess what you think you have fun <laughs> partying yeah, J.L. sin is fun, man. <laughs> wow. Having a great time. Sin. Woo, I'm just sending it up. 
Sin's up. Pass on the sin, baby. I need some more sin. See, because sin doesn't get you right then. Sin will get you in a few days or a few years. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I literally ain't living in sin. I'm living in hell. Because that's what sin does. Sin gives you a good little gift. It's called death. And the one way out of death, one way out of sin, there's only one way. And his name is Jesus. Eternal life. Jesus. No matter what you're going through today, had a wonderful sister in the church this morning who just lost her husband in the first gathering. Maybe you've lost someone. Maybe you're going through some sickness. Maybe you've battled COVID. Maybe you're marriage is on the rocks. I got news for you. Hope is here. Maybe you're discouraged. Hope is here. Maybe you lost a job or or your business. Depressed. I want to tell you, you can hope again. God says, hope in the God of hope. I want to close with this today. December the 7th, this is a special time, me, and you've been in church here, you know my story to some degree, but there's people that come all the time that don't know my story, so I want to share that with you just for a moment. December the 7th, 1986, I was hopeless. I'd bounced the night before, but I got invited to come to church. The church that I got invited to come to was in another state in another city. So I'm living in Moorhead, Kentucky, bouncing in a bar called Babe's Place. Get up the next morning in my dorm room on a Sunday morning, and I drive from Moorhead, Kentucky to Dunbar, West Virginia. I walk into a church, and it's mostly full of wonderful gray-haired people. Just kind of how it was. And they started playing these hymns that I remembered from as a little boy, and I began to cry. I was sitting right there. I love your beard. So cool. I was sitting about right where you are, or kind of where Cody is, somewhere on the second row. And I started crying. The preacher preached, and he shared the gospel. And man, my, my crying went to wailing. And a little lady walked all the way around the church and stood up right beside me. And she said, son, would you like to give your life to Christ? And I said, ma'am, I'm just depressed. She says, you're not depressed. That's the Holy Spirit. She was like, 89 years old or something no seriously and she walked with me from there to the altar and from there to the I think I got saved from there to the altar gave my life to Christ no joke I walked in there jacked up sideways lost I'd lost my parents at 8 in a car wreck I lost my sister at 17 in a car wreck I was jacked up sideways on drugs, alcohol, panic attacks, anxiety. Hey, I was having them before they were well known in our culture and society. I was sideways. Hearing voices. I know that scares some of you. If it does, it's just too late. It happened to me. Well, J.O., what changed you? Jesus hope in that moment I was born again I was saved when you can all of a sudden get all your guilt taken away and all your shame taken away and you can have a brand new life 
and I know I'm going to heaven? I'm like, this is too good. It is too good, but it's good and it's real and it's true. It's too good to be true, but it's true. I walked out a different man. Was I perfect? No. I looked the same. But something had happened on the inside of me. Spirit of living God, hope lived inside of me. Never alone again. And some of you need that today. Some of you really don't come up in here and play church. That's not what church is about. Church is about lives being absolutely transformed. Your name written in a book of life. You experience life and life abundant here and eternal life after this. So don't play games, man. God is real. And this true hope that I speak of today wants to come in your heart and take residence with inside of you. I don't care how old you are. I've had the opportunity to lead people to the Lord in their 90s. Is it tougher in the 90s? Yeah, it is. It is. It's easier when you're about 20. But God can do whatever he wants to do, however old you are right now. Would you stand to your feet? Because I feel like there's people in this room right now today. We've been praying for you. There's prodigals in here. Who's, who is a prodigal? Someone who's known Jesus in the past, and they left the Father's house. Well, the Father is waiting for you to come back home. He's waiting. He's looking for you. Oh, jail, I can't come back home. I feel like a slave. I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. But he wants to throw his robe on you, give you a ring, put shoes on you. Come on, kill the veal parmesan, baby. He wants you to come back home. Or maybe it's the one that's never known Christ. Wow. God has a Christmas gift for you today. All your sins forgiven. Name written in a book of life. Life and life abundant here. You can walk out of here without guilt and shame. You can be known by him and you can get to know him. If you don't listen to me, real, here's the golden question today. Check, don't check me out. If you don't know Jesus, you can know him right this moment. It's not by works. It's not by your cuteness. It's not by what you wear, what you dress, what you make. It's faith in him, alone in him, saying, Jesus, come into my heart. You be my Lord and my Savior, and you can be born again. Turn from sin. Turn to him today. Amen. Are you with me? So I want to pray with you to receive Jesus today in your heart, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. He saves from the uttermost to the guttermost. We're backwards. Guttermost to the uttermost. Amen. Will you pray with me? If you're a believer, I want you to pray with me too because I think it encourages those around. Somebody around you needs Jesus. But if you don't know Christ or you've walked away from him, I'm specifically talking to you to get your life, with, life right with Christ today. Amen? Pray with me.